0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Ooh, I love a fiery John the Baptist day. It might be the third Sunday of Advent in here, but we are also nearing the end of the first semester for many of our students in schools, and that means exams. Did you just get a cold chill? Remember that? Anyone who's ever taken exams or, of course, raised children who have taken exams has had one very unique experience about taking tests, and that is when you take a test and your grade isn't so hot and you have to come home and report that grade to your parents, one of the first things that a child will do when they report that grade that's not so hot is tell you immediately, but I did better than most everyone else, right? Most everyone else did worse than me. Y'all remember this? We love to compare ourselves. So maybe the grade wasn't so hot, but hey, it's better than most. For those of us listening to this sermon, those of us hearing scripture, singing these hymns, preparing to receive communion, we might actually get stuck in a similar kind of trap as Christian disciples if we are not careful. The world might just tempt us to think that we're actually ahead of the curve really at the top of the class. Because let's be honest, we know the world is a mess. There are lots of messy things out there. And we know that most of the people we know don't actually go to church every Sunday, probably don't give generously or serve in some capacity. And you are here today, good for you. And it might be easy for us to kind of think, hey, we're better than most. We are ahead of the curve. We are at the top of the class. Now that grade may not be an A plus, but better than most (laughs) consider today's gospel lesson john is down by the river john has begun to preach and he is fiery he is aggressive he likes to poke at the eye of the people who are in power and it's kind of working people are coming down to the river people are coming to him to get baptized And today's lesson is sort of odd because in a sense John is successful John is getting people to come down people are responding to what he is saying but apparently only kinda because John yells at them you brood of vipers you children of snakes who told you to flee from the wrath to come now the irony in this moment is actually John's the one who told them to flee from the wrath to come, and so that's why they've come down to the river to get baptized, but I think what John is really getting at in this moment is they need to give more. People are coming down to the river And they are responding to John and they're going in the water and they're being baptized, but John knows that more is needed, more than just hearing his words, more than just showing up, more than just the water that starts them on their journey. And John makes the more that he is calling the people to very clear. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. John makes very clear that we are to be bearing fruit worthy of the repentance that we should be seeking from God. Now, many of us try to bear good fruits. We can be sitting here thinking, kind of pleased with ourselves, that we are decently good Christian people. And I regular hear, regularly hear people use that kind of phrase. He is such a good Christian man. Oh, she is such a good Christian woman. And what is it that they mean? When we say someone's a good Christian, what actually are we getting at? I think most of the time we mean that people are nice or they are polite or they are not mean. Maybe they even give a bit to their church or to charities. But following Jesus, being a good Christian is so much more than nice or polite or a bit of charity. John. John is pointing to the coming Messiah. John is pointing to the way in which God will fulfill the promise, save the world, and we are being invited to be transformed along with God's work. And that transformation does not happen simply because we are nice. That transformation does not happen just because we are kinda generous. That transformation happens When we commit ourselves courageously when we commit ourselves to changing our lives every day and when we make that commitment that choice day after day after day john's link to the brood of vipers to being children of snakes is actually pointing to the reality that all of those people coming down to the river all of those people who are responding to john in that one moment are actually people who have been born of the world, who have been raised by these leaders in the world who have not quite gotten the whole picture, not quite figured everything out, not quite received the full revelation of what God is really doing. And if we are honest, a moment of honesty, we are a lot the fruit of the world. Most of us are actually kind of, pleased with the world most of the time. Now, obviously, there are some caveats to that. There are some moments when the world fails us. But truly, we're decent fruits of the world. And God is calling us to be so much more. John's words, Jesus' words, this revelation that we receive... The moment we are preparing for at Christmas is when God makes a big shift and calls us to actually make that shift. Now the people who come down to see John are beginning to sense that John's doing something different. And there are three groups that ask him, well, hold on, we came down to the river, which was quite a hike from Jerusalem, and we're going to go down into this, it's dirty water. And so what else are we supposed to do? The crowds say to John, well, what should we do? And John says, share what you have with those in need. The tax collectors, they say, John, what should we do? And John says, do not do anything unfair, but in your work be just. Or the soldiers say, John, what should we do? And John says, do not bully or abuse anyone, but be content to fulfill your role. Now, there are some good news here. With those three groups asking John what they should be doing to respond fully to God, John actually doesn't say you have to be everything to everyone. John says, whoever you are and wherever you fit and whatever your role is, do that to the fullest Be who you are, but a better version and a more generous version and a more loving version. And so for us, we hear the same message. We don't have to be everything. We just have to use our gifts. We have to be confident and courageous in who we are and what we can do and know that when we do what we can do, we are actually part of God's transformative work. There's a man in a small town just north of Boston who does an amazing thing every year at Thanksgiving. He hosts a free dinner for anyone who is alone. Now, this tradition began in 1985. Scott, his name, he was working as a vacuum repairman. I guess that was the thing at some point. A vacuum repairman, and his parents were recently divorced. They weren't talking to each other, and so they weren't going to get together for Thanksgiving, and he was on his own. He didn't want to be on his own. And so he decided to do something a little odd. He put an ad in the local newspaper and invited anyone who was also planning to celebrate Thanksgiving alone to join him. And he was hoping to get as many as 12 people to respond to this ad, at least a few, right? but Scott was overwhelmed with the response. Dozens of people in this little town responded, and so he decided he couldn't host it at his home, so he went to his local church so he could make a bigger table because everyone who wanted to celebrate should be welcome to join. Now, about a week before Thanksgiving, he went grocery shopping. He buys everything himself and prepares all the food himself and has been doing this every year since. A few days beforehand, before the Thanksgiving celebration, he actually brings in sofas and recliners and rugs and even a faux fireplace made of cardboard just to make sure that the space at the church feels homey. He knows what it's like to be alone and he didn't want other people to feel that way. Scott says, this might be about, about food on the outside, but it's about so much more than food on the inside. It's about having a place to go, a place to belong. Now, through the years, Scott's fed plenty of widows and widowers, homeless people, college kids who couldn't get home for the break. And a few years ago, one person actually took their plate of food, climbed up under the table and decided to eat in the darkness on the floor. And Scott said, that's okay, because all are welcome at this table. Scott is an example of someone doing a remarkable thing, but in a small way. With a little bit of love, we can magnify the good work that we do to touch and transform the lives of the people around us. We don't have to save the world. We just have to use our gifts. Scott took this painfulness of feeling alone and turned it outward and reached out to others and helped them meet their need in a really amazing way. Today, as we keep walking our Advent path, preparing for the celebration of Christmas, know that this path does not end at Christmas, but simply launches from there. What gifts do you have? What gifts do you have that you can offer not only this community, but the people that we experience outside these walls who are looking for so much more, looking for that love that we have found in Christ. This year, as we recognize God's goodness once again, I hope we all have the courage to put our gifts to good use, to bear the kind of good fruit that John is calling us to, and when we do, we will become part of God's transformative love. Amen.